All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome aboard the Fantastic Wave Swinger. For your safety and the safety of others, please keep those hands and feet to yourself at all times. At no time while this ride is in motion should there be any rocking, twisting, or turning in those chairs, ladies and gentlemen. Leave that to us. What I'd like for you to do at this time, sit back, please relax, and enjoy the ride. We're going to take you non-stop and straight to the very top. High in the sky, it's time to fly. So all I have left to say is... This is a Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I plead guilty to the fact that I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> so welcome to our radio show. We have a nifty little program planned for ya. Well, okay, plan may be a bit of an overstatement, but I did give it some thought last night while, you know, trying to get to sleep. The sheep thing has never worked for me, so I get most of my show prep done in bed. I, you know, I also often do like a self-inventory of the needed apologies I have to extend to clear up any uh, unfortunate incidents I had the prior week or so. Bedtime is great for multitasking, I think, but anyway. So I should now acknowledge our designated laugher, Gina. Just uh, display to the listeners a brief sample of your world-class laughing skills. Maybe start with a snicker and close with a belly laugh. <laughs> All right, and then we have our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. I'm in a squeak or something to verify my claim that we do, in fact, have a sort of co-host. Well, I don't do squeaks, but I can express how darn pumped I am for the show. Yeah. I, you know, I may not know what exactly is scheduled, but I will assure our listeners it will be top-notch entertainment. That's for sure. I'm pretty sure you're correct, but that type of bold promise should best be left to the host of this program, namely me. Well, you know, I get it, but it's very difficult for me to keep my unbridled enthusiasm under control. I promise I will do my best here. But, you know, say, okay. I was watching a program on the Discovery Channel last night and it dealt with yeah. a subject that apparently many, many people suffer from. It just happens to be something that you also have or at least have shared with us that you have. 
OCD tendencies. Right. I mean, yeah, I've, I've shared yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought I'm it would be interesting to discuss it openly with everyone. The program said a lot of people are shamed by it, and they try to keep it a private matter. But you might be able to help others by discussing your own OCD behavior. Here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. It's not exactly an exciting topic. Uh, are you trying to, like, totally kill our ratings? I can hear the listeners fleeing no. this show in mass right now. Hey, hey, uh, hey, yeah, you. Uh, is it too much for me to ask my personal assistant to get me a fresh bottle of Pepto-Bismol? Can't you see? This one's killed over here. Der- D- Derek, are you- hey, dude, just come here. Come here. Yeah, come here. Yeah, okay. Hey, uh, what? Oh. No, sorry, I was just uh, playing a little Walking Dead on my phone, and I was doing pretty well, actually, when you uh, when you decided to, you know. Yeah, do you really think it's cool for a personal assistant to play video games on his phone while on the job? That's a clear dereliction of duty. If this was the Army, you would probably be court-martialed. But this isn't the Army. Game has changed, yo. Just get me the frickin' Pepto-Bismol, okay? A chilled one from the fridge. And now, what, what were you saying? Well, well I, I think if we can present the information of your condition in a compelling fashion where somebody could both learn and be inspired, it would be amazing radio, Spud. Why don't you share with everyone your routine when you get out of bed each day? When I told you that, I didn't expect you to bring it up on the air. Well, so we are now doing raw, unfiltered radio, stripped of the walls people put up to keep the real selves from being known by others. I think the reason why is I've just been, like, so unhappy. I think this could be one of our best shows if we go with this. Well, I've already discussed, you know, on the show with prior guests that, you know, that share this situation with me and everyone. You know, they've really been open about it. Remember I spoke with, like, Howie Mandel about his thing of putting towels on the floor at hotels to walk on. The problem was, though, he then planted that seed in my mind. And I really thought prior to that uh, of you know how freaking disgusting the floors of hotels really are and now when i'm at like a motel six or holiday inn i have to put down two towels to walk on is one's not thick enough it's not enough protection and, and now I'm, I'm starting to do it at home you can't prevent everything i mean i'm having to do laundry all the time around the clock well that is unfortunate maybe you yeah. could find a really thick like like paper towel kind of thing i would have to use like a buttload of rules to get to and from the bathroom in my apartment even with two ply paper towels oh okay well why don't you talk about some other situations in your life that you're dealing with ocd tendencies that our listeners might relate to like uh how about the phone book deal how did you know about that i've never used a phone book in front of you one of the interns told me about it and don't try to browbeat me into giving up which one said it okay but anyway i can you can you can share the routine you have which i think is really interesting that you go through when you look up a number in the phone book there are all kinds of perversions you know i might be the only person under 80 years old that still uses a phone book and i know this i I accept it yeah and 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 no i I don't go all naven p johnson when they drop a new one at my door each year I got to tell you, the neighbor kid came over once and asked me what it was. You know, when I was looking up the number for a pizza place who delivered at 9 a.m. in the morning, because it's my favorite breakfast. I mean, even if it's delivered fresh and hot, I just put it in the fridge for like 20 minutes and it tastes great. Okay, well, but about the phone book. Just because I have to read out loud one name and address from A to Z, it's really no big deal. I I can get through it in like two, two and a half minutes, even if my fingers are like nimble enough. and, And you just need the right moisture on the fingertips to move through the book at a good clip, you know, 
Thank God I don't live in like L.A. or New York because oh, yeah. their phone books are like thick as a brick. Yes. Anyway, I, right now I need to bring on our musical guest uh, now, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the show. Okay, well, please say hello to JT and Rowdy Mountain.
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hi, this is Kevin McDonald from the Kids in the Hall, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. I'm supposed to trash him, they tell me, so here I go. Spud, what kind of name is that? Uh, why don't you just call yourself Potato? I'm so sorry. I, I apologize so much. I was so cruel. Don't tell the other guys in the hall. Spud, your yeah. uh, first guest, Jesse Ventura, is ready to go. It's good to have him back on this program. Yeah, you know, this guy is is got to be on the list of the top five all time talk show guests. I mean, a host doesn't even have to do any heavy lifting with with him on. All you got to do is toss out a question or two, and Jesse will fill the airtime with one hand tied behind his back. He, he, this man has a gift. You, you know, from what the interns have told me, he's coming on to promote his new book, Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto. That's correct. Now. I did not know Jesse was a communist. Tonight, a Kelly file exclusive. Uh, I think he's a libertarian. Oh. Uh, anyway, the new book is just common sense information on, on what is a very misunderstood natural herb, you know, that has millions of uses other than just getting a buzz on. Well, I, I sure hope you and the others in this studio don't take his advice and begin using that drug. S Spud, marijuana can make you go insane. Really? Our, our, our mental hospitals are full of marijuana addicts. Shut up. I think you're mistaking marijuana for Bud Light. Uh, uh, anyway, just put Jesse on, please. Yeah, here he is. Please welcome back to the show author, former pro wrestling great, and governor of Minnesota, Jesse Ventura. How's it going, Jesse? I'm doing pretty good, Spud. Marijuana's given me my uh, my life back. Well, there you go. All right. Well, you know, you were on our no, show. Let me explain. Okay. That, that, that was the motivation for the book, Marijuana Manifesto. Someone very close to me uh, developed a very serious epileptic seizure disorder. Right. And I was I was dealing with it three to four times a week. My my lifestyle was gone. Uh, four different pharmaceutical drugs did not work. All had bad side effects. Took the person to Colorado. Got on. Marijuana drops under the tongue at first. Now it's legal in Minnesota, so it's two pills a day. This person has now been seizure-free for two and a half years, and I have my quality of life back. Needless to say, this person has the quality of life back also. That is, that is uh, that's fantastic to hear. Well, you know, you were on our show not too long ago with your prior book, uh politicians say man you're you're kind of entering stephen king territory now cranking out the books you know well it just happened that uh the 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 the, the, the politicians say didn't require a lot it required only digging up the quotes and the staff at skyhorse did a great job doing that and then we just assembled them together so that book was more of a fun book that was done in a relatively fairly short period of time but with a lot of research but the marijuana book now i've been working on that i worked on that for a good year and a half before we released it all right. Well, for the record, Jesse, did you write any of this while under the scurrilous influence of the dreaded marijuana plant? This is off the record. Did I write any of it under it? No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Just wanted to check. All right. Sometimes it can help. No, I, you know. I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't. I, you know, it covered a year and a half. You know, I can't positively answer that, but I don't think so. All right. Just, <laughs> just had to ask. Um, see, I have to say, for me as a resident of the state of Washington, I, I have to continue to remind myself that the sanity displayed by our state hasn't 
really been replicated by the vast majority of this country. And as we're in a bunch of markets around the country, I, what I take for granted is not a reality for most. And that kind of makes me sad. Um, you think we're making, you know, in this next election cycle, you think we're going to make more progress in this area? Well, we're making progress. California's got it for fully legalization this year, I, I heard. And it, bit by bit, it's happening. And people need to realize the marijuana issue is bigger than the marijuana issue. It's an issue that over half of Americans now want marijuana completely legalized cannabis. It's a, and who's stopping us? Our own government. So really, it's an issue of us rising up and telling our government that they are not the boss. We are. And they're there to fulfill our wishes. They're not there to mandate things to us. They're there to carry out what we want. And the marijuana issue could be huge in, in creating that again and putting the people back in charge because the government's never going to legalize it because they make money off keeping it illegal. So the only way they can be stopped is by the people rising up state by state and demanding it be made legal just as your state of Washington did, just as the state I believe Oregon's done, Colorado's right, right. did it, Washington DC's even done it. So it's happening. And that's the way it'll what are they going to do when all fifty states declare it legal? What will the federal government then be forced to do? Well then they will have to make it legal also or I guess they'll be some type of revolution. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Who's a bigger threat to the welfare and health of the U.S., the drug cartels or the drug industry? Because both don't want anyone to mess with their business and narcotics, and so both pay off politicians, right? I think that the drug uh, industry is a bigger threat because if we legalized drugs and handled them like adults and gave people places like at hospitals and stuff where they could get what they needed, because the problem is we have a country that treats addiction criminally. Addiction's a disease. It should right. be treated medically. Uh, I, I always like to use as an example, if tomorrow morning you could magically make Starbucks and all coffee disappear what would happen to all the people addicted to caffeine out there yep well said uh they'd go crazy yeah you'd have chaos you'd have people murdered in the streets i bet if you had a cup of coffee with somebody trying to get it and the point is that's an addiction too caffeine is an addiction people can be addicted to hostess twinkies it doesn't mean they're bad it means that Many people have an addictive personality. It's in their genes. We don't need to treat them like criminals. We need to treat them medically. Yeah, I no, I'm with you totally. Well, let me ask you, how, in your opinion, just how evil are these people? I'm referring to Big Pharma and their lobbyists. They're as evil as can be because it's all about money. The government doesn't want marijuana made legal because they may not get a cut of it. And let me explain. The government would tax you for the air you breathe if they could. You know, if they yep. could do that, they would do that to you. They want your money for every, they want money for everything you do. Well, I grew up in South Minneapolis, inner city. My mom every year would churn up a third of our tiny backyard and she'd grow tomatoes. So we'd have fresh tomatoes all summer. Well, you can do the same thing with marijuana, which means poor people could use it and have it without giving the government a cut or without paying Big Pharma 
400 times what it's worth like they did in the case of those shots for the kids right. or for people that, with bee stings they jacked it 400 percent in a day well see with marijuana you could grow it you could cultivate it yourself and you could use it yourself and the government wouldn't profit from it and big pharma wouldn't either that's why they keep it illegal. Marijuana was the economic backbone of this country for 160 years. As I said, George Washington and Tom Jefferson would be in jail today as major drug dealers. Uh, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and Betsy Ross's flag are all made out of marijuana. That's right. Well, as you mentioned, you know, marijuana has so many positive health benefits when used effectively. I mean, there's so many afflictions that can help there. I don't have time to even, you know, deal with that. But I was wondering if it helps OCD tendencies because that would be nice as it would give me much more free time during the day. I have to look that one up. Well, I don't know, but one thing it would help, they've already proven it will help post-traumatic stress, yet the government won't give it to the soldiers right. when the soldiers need it. Isn't that lovely? They always tell you how much they need you to go fight the war, and then when you come home and you're disabled in any way, they turn their back on you and tell you, well, now you're on your own. Yep. Yeah, well, that's how it works. Well, it'll all, it, it would also help not only post-traumatic stress, it also would help the, the concussion issue of the NFL. Yep, that, that's, a, that's a fact. NFL football players, if they were allowed to use marijuana, would see positive advantages to any head injuries, it's already been proven by that cannabis university over in Israel. Right. I might add, funded by us. Yep. We well, fund it. It's over in Israel, and they have all the facts on marijuana. So when Hillary Clinton tells you there needs to be more studies done, Hillary's giving you the typical political BS chicken answer. Right. Instead right. of taking a position, she's deferring it off to a bunch of BS. There's already been enough studies done. We don't need any more. I'm with I'm with you on that. Let me hit with this last question because I got to get it in. It's a wrestling question for fans who are listening. Say, Spud. Yes. Well, I, I know you're a Democrat, and Jesse here just criticized someone who you now support after Bernie Sanders dropped out. Right. Okay. Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Well, do I sense you might be open to finally coming around to my guy? You know, Donald Trump will never punt and demand a study on any issue this country faces. He will take action immediately on everything. I know in the first 30 days of a Trump administration, just about all that is wrong with this country will be either fixed or be on its way to being fixed. Oh, because really? he is a true leader who will make America great again. I did not know that. Are you done? I feel well, like I have to like take a shower after that BS. Yes, I, I do support Hillary, but she's wrong on this one. Hopefully she'll wise up. And if she's willing to take on the NRA but leaves Big Pharma alone, then that's just flat out wrong. So you would be open to supporting Mr. Trump? Hell no! Now let me get back to Jesse. Okay, I'm sorry. In 1985, you participated in a six-man tag team match with Rowdy Roddy Piper, Cowboy Bob Orton against Hillbilly Jim, Uncle Elmer, and Cousin Luke. So my question is, do you still think to this day that you won fair and square? Some might disagree, not me, of course. Of course we won fair and square. All right. I never cheated. All right, that's for the record. Never. All right, all right, I'll, I'll let you go. I know you got. To, I know you got to go. <laughs> so let me say this again: Your new book, Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto, is now available at all places books are sold. If not, then ask for it. I sure hope we get a chance to talk again after you crank out your next book, the one, the only, well, Mr. Jesse. You, but I, I don't know if there'll be the next one. You have to be motivated. But I'm going to take care of this one first. All right, the one, the only, Mr. Jesse Ventura. 
There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. So, Mr. Goodman, yeah, uh, do I have to continue to refer to you as Mr. Goodman? I mean, I never had to do it before, and it seems kind of stupid. I thought about it, and it's just not proper for a personal assistant to call their boss by their first name. Do you think Madonna has her people call her Madonna? No flipping way. Good call, yo. <sighs> Whatever, Mr. Goodman. Is there anything right. you need? Not at this particular moment, but just stay close as I might need you. Spud, can I ask if your obsessive compulsive disorder has affected your romantic life? As Uh, I know this is personal, but there have been a great number of listeners who also suffer themselves from this malady or have a loved one who does. You have a platform to address a rather sensitive topic that might open a dialogue for those tuned in. You know, I really don't have a problem discussing my sex life on the air, but when I have to, like, combine the topics, you know... That and my OCD, I don't feel that comfortable going there. Seriously. It can get very complicated. Well, I don't expect you to get graphic here, but there must be hurdles you have to navigate in the bedroom. Normally, I wouldn't bring this up, but that program on Discovery mentioned OCD can often impact one's sex life and not always in a negative manner, hey, well, if you know what let I mean. me you know, say a couple of my ex-wives never complained about my routine. Let's just leave it at that. Your routine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, being compulsive in certain things can be pleasing to others, okay? Do I have to spell it out for you? Can we move on here? Hey, Derek, would you please get my basketball over there? Yeah, right, yeah. It's time I dribbled it four times. You you want your ball now? Yeah. When When you're on the air? I thought you only did the dribbling thing right before you left for the studio. Don't you worry about when I do something. Just toss it here. Yeah, it's right there in the corner. What are you going to do with that basketball, Spud? Please be careful if you're going to bounce it here next to me. I had my nose broken in P.E. class while in the ninth grade. Everything bad that can happen to a person has happened to me. Uh, You know, we had to play dodgeball, which I hated, and I took a direct hit to my nose. A partial dislocation, if, if I can just tell you. So please be careful. Okay. There. No one was maimed. Uh, here, Derek, put, put it back over there. All right. Is it okay if I take my break now? I mean, it's been a couple hours since I've had one. Well, a, a quick one, okay? Well, by law, I get 15 minutes every four hours, I think. Uh, I believe he's right about that. Well, but yeah, whatever. It, there are legal parameters for employees. You don't want Derek to file a formal complaint with the EEOC. That could be a big problem for you. I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to contact the feds. I mean, all I want is to take my break. Now, if you choose to deny me the right to... Just take your little break, you wuss. What's with you, Yoha? <laughs> Good decision, Spud. So, can I ask, if your OCD tendencies are behind your collection of used containers of sour cream, y- you know, most people throw those away. I find it fascinating what prompts hoarders like you to select random objects to focus on. I'm not officially a hoarder. I mean, are there a few things I seriously collect? Yeah, big deal. You know, used sour cream containers are a great 
thing for a variety of uses. And it only makes common sense. You know, like for keeping my Susan B. Anthony dollar coins in and, and for my, my orange-only Skittles collection? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, man, just, just check and see if our next guest is ready to go. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Spud, I'm being told your next guest, Christopher Titus, is on the line now. Cool. I, I think this is like the third time he's been on. He's a very funny dude. You know, if I remember correctly, he's had some difficulty with the institution of marriage. Uh, yeah. Some bad yeah. luck, so to speak. Well, what is the question? You know, he's taken a few hits in that area. I have to say, for all the dysfunction he has had in his life over the years, it's been pretty good to him. As he's cranked out like six two-hour comedy specials so far, you kind of hope he never experiences a full and happy life. I mean, you know, for the sake of his career. Spud, do you feel that people such as Christopher, uh, and if I could say this, you, Spud Goodman, would not be successful if you were, in fact, well-balanced and mentally stable adults? And it only makes common sense. It seems most in the entertainment industry are very flawed individuals. Well, not complete sociopaths, but very emotionally wounded humans. Uh, are you trying to kick me here in the emotional testicles? No. Just put Christopher on. Jeez. Yeah, here he is. <sighs> Please welcome back to the show, comedian, actor, and podcast host, Mr. Christopher Titus. What's up, Christopher? How's it going, my brother? I'd love to be back on the show. Thanks for letting me whore my next couple of theater dates. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, you're headed up to the Great Northwest on the Born with a Defect tour. You're going to be appearing in Tacoma on 10-6 at the Rialto Theater and on 10-7 in Seattle at the Neptune Theater. And i got to say, we're in other markets around the country, so they need to keep their eyes open for you coming to their city. Yeah, no, we actually did the show finally came. This was a weird one, man. This show, as I tell people, if you have uh, if you have kids and you're a parent, it's therapy. If you don't have kids, it's 90 minutes of birth control. There you go. All right, super. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we're going to do it. It's about, it's about a two-hour show. I, I go to the Bruce Springsteen uh, School of uh, Performing. I want to keep going until, until the audience is like, okay, we've had enough. Go away. Dang. That's what, I, that's what I try to get out of my audience. A hard-working man. Uh, well, let me say this. You, you're kind of known for having opinions on stuff. Um, so, you know, it kind of comes in handy in your profession as a stand-up comedian and observer of your fellow man. So, is there anything right now that seems to really be torquing you off? Uh, well, I mean, there's a list. There's always a list. You yeah. know what's weird right now, I think what's bothering me, is the proudly stupid. I think we're, we're, at, <laughs> we're at a place right now where some people are so proud to be ignorant. You know, we've got 97% of the scientists saying that we're, we're killing the planet, climate change is happening, and they're like, nope, I don't believe it. Oh, oh, yeah, but it's a fact. So, I don't believe it. <laughs> it, just, it just seems to me that as, as, as Armageddon happens and the planet's on fire and the atmosphere explodes, these people are going to be, be shaking their heads, going, nope, still don't believe it. And, and, you know, so I, I don't know, man. I think uh, that's the thing that's bothering me right now. The new show I'm writing is, is, is called uh, Titus for President 2017 because oh. I think people will be ready for me to run by then after whoever wins this one. Super. Uh, so I'll be doing breaking in. I'll actually be breaking in some new stuff in Tacoma and Seattle. All right. Well, you know, for me, I got a real short list. It's It's... At the top, and it's really the only thing right now. It's those freaking Jennifer Aniston I love commercials. Um, I don't I mean, they're so <laughs> yeah. obnoxious, and they, they demean a great Beatles song, but all you need is not love for some, you know, fancy, expensive eye crap for your eyes. What do you, that, you've been catching that song every freaking minute. Here's the thing if, if Jennifer Aniston was doing, you know, something for kids in Darfur or something, for her to, I mean, how much does she love this eye crap, and what was the number? I mean, because Jennifer Anderson is one of the richest actresses working. What is the number that they said, okay, dude, did you see the one Jamie Foxx selling Verizon? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, I, at what point? Like, look, we all have a number. You and I are whores. You have to admit that, right? Look what you do. Look what I do. We're whores, yeah, flat out. That's true. But if we had twenty-five, thirty million in the bank, what would be the number to do a Verizon commercial? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but still, not as obnoxious as this. I love. No, I know. I'm, I'm beating it. I, I know, but it's just <laughs> sending you. What over do you the think edge. about Prius drivers? What do you think about Prius drivers? Well, um. I, if I someday, you know, that's kind of my goal. I'd actually like to have one so I could be an obnoxious Hollywood star too and have one. But I, I'm just not. Doing no, it. Prius drivers suck. They're the worst people on the planet. Are Prius they? drivers literally need to be turned into Soylent Green? I cannot believe these people. If they drove well, if they if they drove with some speed and some authority, I'd be fine. But they don't, and then they have an attitude. I'm saving the planet. Yeah, just just pull over, get out of the way, let us go by. That's my biggest thing right now. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put that I'm, on my list. I'm losing my mind about it. All right. So, what's your take on Donald Trump Jr., the big game hunter of endangered species, uh, tweeter of very real racist crap, and super obnoxious ex-frat boy? The biggest douche on earth, or the second biggest douche? I think the racist doesn't fall far from the cross. Huh. I, think. I huh. think the clan member doesn't fall far from the cross. He, I, I think that thing he did, uh, he tweeted at that Skittles thing yesterday, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, if this bowl of Skittles, blah, 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 Syria, there's three poisonous ones. So I tweeted out, this is a bowl of M&Ms. Uh, why are the blue ones uh, shooting the unarmed brown ones? Yep. <laughs> so, yep. uh, yeah, I'm obnoxious, dude. I get it. L- listen, it, when, if you come to my show, you know you're not going to get a, a very uh, – uh, middle of the road. Uh, aren't 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 men and women different? You're not going to get that show. You're going to get something where you're like, well, I, that was that was. There's a bit I'm doing on my new show about teaching my daughter about racism because one night we were talking, we were watching TV, and I make my kids watch the news. You know, I don't let them go play video games because I don't think they're ever going to be attacked by a dragon in real life. So we watch the news. I keep them up on the world, and I and I have the I have the podcast, and I do the Armageddon update, and I'm watching the thing, and it was the it was the it was the Ferguson riots. Right. No, sorry. It was the it was the uh, Baltimore riots. No, wait. No, it was the thing in no where the guy got got strangled in New Jersey. No, wait. No, all I remember is some black people were getting abused. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. So we're watching it, and she asked me. She turns to me at 20 minutes, and she goes, "Dad, why are black people so angry?" And I have to tell you, man, it was the one moment in my life I did not want to be a parent because as white as I am, there's no reason. You know, the only the only place you can find the color on me is at a napkin factory. I wanted to turn to my kids and go, guys, we can't talk about this. We're almost clear. So in this new show, it's about a nine-minute bit about trying to teach my daughter, as the most pasty-faced white guy in the world, what I know about racism in this country. And it's very uncomfortable and uh, probably one of the funniest bits I've ever written. Wow. That's that's an enticement to to catch the show for sure. Um, Very much much a topic that uh, is not going to go away, no matter how how much uh, certain people... uh, you know, wish it so it's not going away. So let's just leave it at. Well, someone said something. Someone said something interesting. They said uh, there was. I was listening to something on the radio today, and it was this guy was going off. He said, "You know, everyone keeps saying that slavery is over. Why do you keep talking about it?" And he said, "Why don't you tell the Jews that the Holocaust is over? Why do you keep talking about it?" And I thought, "Ooh, that was kind of like." That was a mic drop, like walk away. So I don't know, man. I, you know, I hope I'm on the right side of the issue most of the time. At the end of the day, the only thing that's important is that it's funny first. Uh, Spud, 
Yes. Well, Christopher seems to take on quite the controversial topics in his comedy shows. Huh? I certainly okay. hope you do not plan to emulate him. I mean, you do occasionally spout off with your liberal commentary, but I'd like to think that this show, at least with my presence here, is fair and balanced. I sometimes take on a subject that is controversial. I mean, like when I said on the show that people wearing acid-washed jeans should be reported to government authorities. I received a lot of hate mail after that one. Well, yeah, and then there was the time you said on the air that Jimmy Fallon should be forcibly made to watch the news. You said, strap him down in a chair yeah. with restraints at yeah. least twice a week to sit through the PBS NewsHour. And also, he should be made to read a newspaper, the front page, right. not just the comics. You know, his fans sure raised a ruckus after that. And I stand behind that fully. You know, yeah, it was for his own good, man. He's the Michael Jackson of late night. That dude needs a grown-up pill. Well, I felt it was somewhat harsh. The wife and I love Jimmy Fallon. Well, just flip it over to Colbert and, and learn, okay? Is he that snarky liberal pretending he's a conservative? No, you know, that is not our cup of tea. That was his old show. Now he's just himself. Hey, just let me get back to Christopher. Well, I want to hit you with this. Uh, what does Christopher Titus do on his days off, away from the comedy business? Like, you know, I'm made family stuff, I'm sure, but um, personal enjoyment, you know, what are you into? You know, man, I started working, I, I work on Hot Rods all the time. I'm still building cars. I still write oh, for Hot Rods. Okay. And I love doing that. Uh, and I love snowboarding, man. I mean, it's one of the, it's one, if you can't do it all the time, and because of climate change, I can do it less and less, but I, I love doing that. Uh, but the most fun I think I have is I, I ho- I'm horrible at playing guitar, and I waste a lot of time doing that. And I mean, I'm really horrible. My dogs, when I start playing at home, get up and leave. They actually get up and go upstairs. They can't, can't hear me play. So I get my I get my own time, man. I get my own time. All right. What cool. do you do in your spare time? That's a weird what, what do you do? What do you uh, like to do when you're not on the radio? Well, uh, mostly sleep um, and then uh, get up and <laughs> yeah. do my show again. That's kind of my day in Netflix. Well, I mean, what else is there in life? Okay. All right, Christopher, let me uh, tell the people again, you're going to be appearing at the Rialto Theater in Tacoma on October 6th and in Seattle at the Neptune Theater on the 7th. The Titus Podcast can be found at iTunes, and your Twitter address is at Titus Nation. So, hey, I want to thank you for coming back on the show. Oh, dude, thank you so much. Always good. And, dude, thanks for the help. If you can make it down to the show, come on down. I I guarantee you will not be disappointed. You know, I, I, uh, I'm pretty confident that's going to be accurate. I, I plan to go. So, all right, I want to wish you happy trails on the tour, Mr. Christopher Titus. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is a Spud Goodman Show. Okay, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome our musical guest from the lovely city of Portland, Oregon. Say hello to JT and Rowdy Mountain. Gentlemen, please identify yourselves and the instrument you are now packing. Boy, howdy. My name is JT Trawick. I'm on mandolin and lead vocal. We got Key and Die on the fiddle. Say howdy. Howdy, how's it going? We got Paul Basic on the bass. Howdy, everybody. Mr. Matt Parmesan Vernon on the guitar and lead vocal. That's me. Hey, JT, that accent's like legit, right? It's real deal, correct? I reckon. <laughs> Talking Arkansas, I heard, right? 
That's right. That's right. All right, super. Okay, uh, for the official record, you guys are the very first bluegrass band we've ever had on this radio show and and also in all the years of my cable TV show. And the reason behind that is I just don't know what the hell bluegrass music is. I don't see any Marshall stacks, <laughs> no flying V guitars, and, and none of the interns are wearing earplugs, so please inform me if you would. Tell us about the genre. Well, this is a flying V mandolin. Okay. <laughs> Made by our good buddy, Matt Ruland, out of Portland, Oregon, and you should check them out. They're phenomenal. Rulandmandolins.com. All right, super. So what is a bluegrass concert like? And can guys meet women there, or is it like a heavy metal show, 99.8% dudes and 0.2% blow-up dolls? When I was attending the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, mm-hmm. I would go to every bluegrass festival or fiddle contest within about a 10-hour drive. I came home one night from about, it was about three or four in the morning from a bluegrass festival. There's all these gals leaving the house. And I said, hey, where are y'all going? I said, well, you're a little bit late to the party. And I was thinking, well, what am I doing in my life trying to pick this mandolin when there's all these girls? Really? Well, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't none at the bluegrass festival, that's for sure. All right. Well, as serious musicians, do you guys ever take requests from the audience, like to do a bluegrass cover of, say, like Come As You Are by Nirvana or, say, a, a Radiohead tune? Because, you know, that, that would be interesting. I always take requests. Okay. But I don't always do them. Okay, that's for the record. We got that. Forget it. I asked. Forget it. All right. So what's the name of the next song? And I, I will admit, after the first song, I'm starting to like uh, become enamored with this genre of music. So what's the next one called? This next tune is a tune written by our, by our own Matt Vernon over here. It's a tune called We Ain't Even Friends. Super. Let's do it. Yeah. Y'all? You betcha. <laughs>
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hi, everybody. This is Dick Dale, king of the surf guitar, or king of the surf rock guitar, or king of heavy metal, (laughs) as many say. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Show, and what a great guy he is. But you know what's funny? When I was in the Air Force and they were punishing me, they used to make me peel a hundred spuds. <laughs> hey, Spud. Yeah. Your last guest, actress Lorraine Toussaint, is waiting to speak with you. Man, she was really scary on Orange is the New Black. She, she played V. Parker, you know, the wannabe new boss at Litchfield Women's Prison on this season's episodes. Uh, you know, my wife won't let me watch that show because of the shower scenes. Yeah. I, I mentioned that when you had Taryn Manning on, the actress you said had bad teeth on the show. On the show? I mean, she's yeah. stunning. I, I, be, I she's bet she has beautiful, beautiful teeth, teeth in she real does. life. Beautiful teeth. You know, what they can make people look like in movies and TV is incredible. Can you keep a secret? Yeah, okay, I guess, yeah. yeah. Right. So, Lorraine plays a tough woman. Oh, yeah. But but I'm betting she's a sweetheart away from the show. She's also now starring in another show, Rosewood on Fox. My, she's a very busy actress. Yep. So just p- put her through. I, you know, I have some stuff I want to ask yeah, her. All right. Here she is. Please say hello to actress and producer Lorraine Toussaint. Welcome to the Spud Goodman Show. Hi, Spud. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, you are now starring in the TV show Rosewood, airing on Fox each Thursday night at 8 p.m. 7 Central. You play Morris Chestnut's uh character Beaumont Rose, Rosewood's mother Donna Rosewood. So how is uh, Morris as a TV son? I mean, he plays a pathologist, so he's doing pretty well in life, right? He is doing very well. You know, as a TV son, oh my God, you know, you want your son to be the doctor, but this one is like, you know, he is a genius doctor. Um, it's an interesting premise. You know, he's a, he's, he's, he's a very complex human being, um, clearly brilliant in that almost savant-like way, but he's also um, quite potentially dying because he has so many um, unusual things wrong with his body because he was born so prematurely. So he's been literally fighting for his life all of his life. Oh. And literally, it could blow any minute. Oh. And so it's one of the reasons that he lives as hard as he does. Uh, Lorraine, you played a true, I mean, a true badass on Orange is the New Black, uh, the, the now late <laughs> V. Parker. I mean, you really had that unhappy prison stare down because as when V didn't get what she wanted, you kind of made me wet my pants with that look of yours. So, and I got to say that look would really come in Here handy at McDonald's or Starbucks when no one would mess up your order. So, boy, you can really emit <laughs> the emotion. <laughs> I wish it worked for my 11-year-old. Oh, please. Um, well, you know, she was a tough girl. She was a tough girl, and she was a survivor. And, and in many ways, I want to say, just misunderstood. Okay. Um, you know, she's, 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 uh, she's dead-ish. Yes, yes. She's dead-ish. Yes. And, um... She, she, I had a lot. I had so much fun doing that role. Um, and I, I don't even know uh, where that role came from inside of myself, except I know that we all have a V in us, and good grief, I, I somehow managed to access her. Um, so yeah, no, that this, this Donna Rose, Donna Rose is a very different kind of woman. This is one of the reasons I took the role is because um, I'm, I'm a 
a mom. I'm a mom in my real life. I carpool. I, you know, I show up in the classroom. I read books to the kids, and I go on field trips and all that stuff. Well, I got to ask one last question on on Orange Is the New Black because we spoke with fellow uh, cast member Taryn Manning not too long ago, and she said in the prison cafeteria scenes they didn't exactly serve tasty food as they tried to keep it real. Did you yourself actually ever eat that stuff? Because there's not much for vegans, I'm guessing. There, I mean, it would look pretty harsh. It was it, it was hard. It was it was it was pretty much. I mean, I, I thank God I have not actually tasted real prison food. Right. But um, this was not good food, you know. It and the way they slung it at you in some scenes. Yes, you did have to. Eat. You had to eat that bad mac and cheese and those really really bad hot dogs. Oh, nasty, um, nasty. Yeah. No, there was, there was, there's, there's no, there's no vegan. In fact, there's a great line, you know. This is prison. There's no vegans in prison. All right, all right. I just had to ask. If I remember um, correctly. Yeah, I had to ask. Yeah. Excuse me, Spud. Yeah. Well, I've always wondered why you were such a food snob. I, I know you're not a true vegan. No. There seem to be so many things you won't touch. It's a good thing you've never had to do any prison time. Yeah. You would starve to death in the first weeks in lockup. I could survive in prison if I had to. I mean, I would just load up on uh, like the bread and jello. Have you ever had a jello sandwich? I used to eat them all the time as a kid. They are high in calcium. No, I, I can't say I've ever had a jello sandwich. As a prepper who has a basement full of canned and dried food, yeah. I'm surprised you not considered this as a good meal replacement when the end of times, you know, does finally arrive. I know you're patiently awaiting that. Wow. Uh, the kids would love them, but but yeah, just keep it down and let me wrap this interview up with Lorraine. So you no. began your career on stage after graduating from Juilliard, but pretty quickly you kind of, you know, got got work in film and TV. So your your resume is quite impressive. Were there any times of struggle career-wise after you got out of school? You know, I'm one of those people um, where I've only thus far in my life acted. Um, I really don't believe I've made money, been, been paid for anything else. Okay. You're very fortunate. And so I did have, that is, that is extraordinarily fortunate. Um, I've been studying acting since I was 11 years old, so... It's pretty much all I've ever done. I do other things now. Right. But um, this is, this. I'm a lifer, okay? And so, it's, uh, yes, I've, I've been at this for a good 30 years. Well, <laughs> good Lord, that's a long time. Well, you're, you're now also a regular cast member on Chicago Justice, set to air on, on NBC in January. Is there any kind of rule by, you know, in TV on how many series one actor can be in? Because you're you're in demand. I mean, when do you rest and play video games or something else? Well, you know, I'm actually not really an, a regular on Chicago Justice. Uh, Chicago Justice was, um, if anything had happened with Rosewood, it, I might have been, I might have ended up in Chicago, quite possibly. But uh, when Dick Wolf called me to, to uh, as an homage to a character, he created an homage to Shambhala Green, a character I created 25 years ago. Okay. Um, I absolutely jumped at the opportunity to, to reinvent a character I created 25 years ago. So, um, no, I'm, I'm happily at home with Rosewood. I do moonlight, you know, the, my Rosewood family does actually let me run away for very short periods. I'm doing an episode of Blackish, 
right now because I'm very cool. Um, Trace Ross and 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 Isabel and Jennifer Lewis and Anthony and and Lawrence Fishburne. They're all pals. And they wrote me a wonderful role on on Blackish. So I'm I'm moonlighting there this week, but. No, my, my home is Rosewood. All right, super. Well, I know you got to go, so I want to remind everyone listening that Rosewood uh, is airing each Thursday night at 8 p.m. 7 Central on Fox. I want to thank you so very much for checking in with us. Thank you for having me. Not a problem, Ms. Lorraine Toussaint. My, how time flies. You really want me to do that? Seriously? Yes, and, and while the band was playing, I was thinking, if one is fortunate enough to have a personal assistant, as I am aware not everyone outside of show business has this opportunity to have one of their own, then, then I should make full use of the one I have. I know, Derek, you're not someone I can count on to you know, be with me until I take my last breath, like, say, one of Pablo Escobar's people. I, I just finished watching you know, season two of, of Narcos on Netflix. Great show. It smells really good. So, so anyway, I was thinking, if I could assign you to a, maybe assume a few of my daily rituals, it could be a life changing thing for me. I'd have so much more free time as I was discussing, you know, with Jesse earlier, because then I wouldn't have to eat any edibles. Well, uh, which one of your daily rituals? I mean, because a couple I've seen, you know, would not be something I could, you know, really see myself doing. Yeah, are are you sure this is a good idea, Spud? Those are very personal behavior traits. Uh, Subcontracting them out to your personal assistant, it seems wrong to me. That's just my take on this. I will not ask you to do anything that is too invasive, okay? No insertion or ingestion of foreign objects for sure, and, and no need for you to, to learn any of my special songs I talk sing. That would take just too long to get you up to speed. I don't know what the hell is going on with my body. I think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely. You know, one of the things that program did say was a lot who display OCD tendencies are extremely bright individuals, yeah. very gifted intellectually. Of course. Remember when Will Forte was talking about his OCD habits, you know, oh, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. were a big help in writing his show, The Last Man on Earth on Fox? He said it allows him to, like, tweak it over and over until it's perfect. And I like to think that's what I do here. You know, not with writing, but with being the best talk show host I can be. Derek, uh, can you please go get the basketball and dribble it three times? Uh, yeah, I, I can, I guess. Just a second. You know, that Discovery Channel show never discussed having third parties perform these types of activities for one who suffers from this. Uh... Um, so that was bounce it three times, right? Dribble it, man, not bounce. Jeez. Okay. Am I done here? No, I, I will let you know when you're not needed any further. I I mean, you just had a freaking break. Yeah, he's right, Derek. By law, you're not entitled to another break for, like, three more hours at least. So now I would like you to take this Q-tip I have here. Here, here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Has this been used before? No. So just twirl it in between your right thumb and forefinger 22 times, please. That's so hot. Okay. Okay, now if you would also take your phone out with your left hand and tap it six times against your forehead. Well, well, how hard? I mean, I already have a bad headache, Mr. Goodman. Okay, gentle, okay? So when you're done, let me know as I have to, you know, wrap the show up now. You know, I don't know if this was as interesting of a topic for us to deal with or not. Well, all right, fine. It was handled so well on Discovery. I, I, I learned so much, but 
but this and maybe not so much for our I, listeners. I have more things to worry about than the satisfaction of someone listening right now. Okay, this is my life we're talking about. You know, I'm pretty happy about getting some help though with all my daily rituals. Right. I mean, without you bringing this up, I never would have thought of it. So I gotta thank you for this one. Okay, well. Derek, Derek, just just switch hands. You're not done with that one. The next yeah. one is so easy though. I could do it myself. The next task. Um, uh, but you're in such a groove now. I don't want to break up your rhythm. Well, can I get a new Q-tip? This one looks nasty, and I know someone used it before. Honey, look at this. Yeah, you know, taking a closer look at it, Spud, I think he's right. There is considerable earwax on it. I'm just saying. Ixnay, I'm closing this thing down now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Hey, I got to state this for the record. I am now a confirmed Bluegrass fan. Once again, here are JT and Rowdy Mountain.